Hey everybody, welcome to Revolutionary Relationships, a podcast here to support you in your emotional, your relational, and your spiritual evolution. Yes, and if you don't know, we are your hosts, Kara and Caleb, and we are so glad that you are here. This is gonna be the best day ever. This is gonna be the best day ever. Wake up. How you feeling, babe? I'm feeling wonderful, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Is that a lazy question? I don't think so. It's how are you feeling? So how it's, are you feeling? I asked if it's a lazy question because we'll dive into today's podcast, but today's podcast is all about meaningful conversations. And meaningful questions. And meaningful questions. Yeah. And there is such a thing as a lazy question. There is such a thing. I think I was so challenged today. Yeah. Oh but, my gosh. There's so much to say about it. I know. But before we uh, dive into that, mm. we had our 20 week anatomy scan ultrasound <sighs> for the baby that we're bringing into this world <laughs> in January. And oh my God. Yeah. It's wild. It was so really, wild. It was a really uh, surreal experience for sure. We, yeah, we had our 20 week anatomy scan. This baby is cooking strong and fast, and she's yeah. doing really well, and we are so grateful. It's she been, was so wiggly. She was so wiggly. She was acrobatting in my belly <laughs> as the ultrasound tech was was taking, trying to take photos of things, and and she said, "Baby, you need to be still because I gotta, <laughs> I gotta catch a photo of this heart." She's and definitely you. Yeah, I think she's got a little bit of mom energy because I I have a lot of that yeah. that seven energy of I gotta play, I gotta move, I gotta do. <laughs> and then that night going to bed, she was bouncing around, man. I was like, are you trying to crawl out of my stomach right now? Yeah. What are you doing? This has really been challenging me and I've kind of discussed this with you. Um, but for so many years, when you feel like you're swimming upstream, when you feel like you're fighting against life, when you feel like you're just trying to claw your way forward to find some good and some peace and some mm -hmm. happiness, um, it's still it's still hard for me to really settle into this place that life is good. Yeah. And my life is good. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be hard. It's like I'm almost anticipating, and I think we both experienced this going into this 20-week scan. We were told some horror stories, and we were not horror stories, but some things that, you know, were really uh, that were really hard. Mm -hmm. And it's like part of part of me like wanted to go there so mm. that I could you know beat vulnerability to the punch as yeah. Brene Brown would talk about you know and I wanted to posture myself to be willing to like really be ready for any hard news that we might have gotten um but it's, I say all that kind of rambling but since meeting you life my life has just reflected back to me time and time again that I can have a good life mm. and it doesn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm worthy of celebrating, celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. I think like after this past year and a half too, especially so many of us are probably sitting on the edge of our seat, just waiting for the next horrible thing to happen. And it is interesting to be in a place where we know that really hard things are going to happen. Yeah. We know that, but can we exist in the present moment being really grateful and present in what is so good without looking for the bad to come Absolutely. because inevitably it's going to come and we deal with it when we get there. But I think what you're touching on is this idea that how can we be so present in what is so good right now 
and know that storms absolutely are going to hit us. Absolutely. But anticipating them doesn't make them easier. Right. And it's not like, it's not mirroring back to me now that like, see, this always happens to me. Mm-hmm. That was like my belief system. And that mm-hmm. was my first response. Those are the words that would come out of my mouth. See, it, just when I think things are getting better, this happens yeah. or this always happens to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now it's like this tug of war that I still feel that my heart is winning right in a good way. Like my heart is opening up to this, this new life that I have and that I'm experienced, which is a testament to the work that I've done and the work that yeah. you've done previously, but just really posturing your heart to be seated in this position of believing and knowing that life is good and that mm. life is for me, God is for me, this universe is for me, for us. Yeah. And that when something challenging comes along, it doesn't overshadow that truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really reminds me too of that quote that we look for the proof of the right. narrative that we believe. Absolutely. We're looking for proof of what we already believe to be true. So if, I'm, if I believe that life is hard, I'm constantly looking for that. If I believe that life is good, even when the really hard and bad things come, yeah. I'm looking for proof to it yeah. for it to be good. This is good. Like mm-hmm. this is a massive paradigm shift that mm-hmm. we are on, I think individually and together as a couple that we are really on that is going to be, that's going to have like drastic effects in the most positive ways. Yeah, Like this is a, a deeply entrenched and rooted belief system mm. that is finally being uprooted and replaced with life is good. Mm-hmm. And I can expect for Mm. life to meet me with beautiful moments and magic and happiness and beautiful opportunities. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this and I'm getting excited because (laughs) I'm like, hell yeah. Like I'm processing this with you right now. Yeah. Like it's actually really good and it's a, it's a great thing. It actually, it kind of makes me think about the conversation that we just had on on today's episode because again, it's about changing the way we see, right? It's really about how are we, how are we seeing and what we're seeing is reflecting back to us, our experience in life. And so if we can start to shift in little ways, the things that we see, what a, what a lifelong shift, Absolutely, right? What we're actually looking for. It changes your entire life. Mm -hmm. I think Richard Rohr talks about how all great, like religion, Mm. it's not teaching you, it's not supposed to teach you what to believe, Right. It's teaching you how to how to see, see. when yeah. you change the way that you see your life changes. Yeah. And this is why transformation and healing work is so powerful. Why we work with therapists. It's why we do this in our work, yeah. because it doesn't change the things outside of us. It changes our relationship with the thing, mm-hmm. it changes the way that we approach and we see and we uh, respond to the thing. And that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So good. Yeah. And I did. I think it is a great segue into today's conversation. Did you not love today's episode? It was remarkable. I would. I was on the edge of my seat, just leaning in, being like, tell me more. I want to hire him. <laughs> I know. He's incredible. I really do. We had, um, I actually found him uh, on TikTok. Yeah. Y'all, we sat down with Brian Fretwell. Fretwell, yes. And he is, he's brilliant. He is so funny. <laughs> so engaging. <laughs> like dry humor too. <laughs> and his his whole thing is asking one meaningful question. Change your conversations, change the world, and mm-hmm. I can wholeheartedly say after having an hour a little over an hour with him I can see how it can change the world yeah I think we both touch on this in the episode but you and I love creating safe spaces we've done dinner parties where we've gathered strangers to have great conversation in our individual work we we ask hard and good questions I think one of the things that came up for me in this episode is that the way the the anatomy of a question that Brian broke down for us 
is such a healing way of asking a question. Not only is it getting at the inner world of someone, but it's helping them see uh, the possibility within themselves, right? Like helping them see what's actually possible. It's like reminding you in the question that you have what it takes or that you are doing your job or who who you you are. are. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What I love about him too is like he didn't set out to go and create this container, Mm. which I think is so powerful. I didn't say this to him, but like for so many years, I've been trying to figure out what to do with my life Mm. and neglecting creating art now mm. like let me create and allow what i create to maybe turn into Become something the thing. the thing that i do mm-hmm. um and that's been a, a whole nother conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> um but what he did was so beautiful is that him and four guys mm-hmm. right four friends they get together every single week every wednesday morning every wednesday morning and they ask this one specific question oh, it's such a good question and it is such a brilliant question yeah and i'm not going to say the question you're going to have to listen to the episode but i promise you it's worth it um and i love the question because i think again we have this disposition to find what's wrong to find what's not working to mm. see what's not going right right this question forces us mm. to see the good yeah this question forces us really to see the kind of relationship that we have with ourselves. That's mm-hmm. what I love the most about this question. I think it's such a beautiful indicator yeah. of what type of relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. And he broke down a lot of the science of question, question asking. It's so fascinating, but he, he really talked about how this way, the specific question that he asks, and then he gives some more examples is the most vulnerable question mm-hmm. to answer. Yet it doesn't feel like that, right? Like when you hear it, you're like, oh, I could answer that. But it actually taps into such beautiful, beautiful stuff uh, internally that is just so amazing when we think about uh, wanting to feel seen and known and connected to one another. It His way of asking questions naturally creates yeah. that for people. And what's beautiful is it's there's a science to it mm-hmm. and it can be learned. Mm-hmm. But like anything, it takes training. It takes mm-hmm. discipline. Like there is such a thing as a lazy question. Yeah. And this podcast episode will challenge you and give you a framework to move away from lazy questions and ask intentional questions that is it's going to drive intimacy. It's going to drive connection. It's mm-hmm. going to drive this f- deep sense of feeling seen and feeling mm-hmm. known which is so, so powerful. And if there's one thing that we need in this world is we need more spaces where we can have interaction and walk away feeling more seen and more known. Yeah, I was, for one, very challenged in this podcast. Um, And honestly, I I sincerely mean it. I want to sign up for whatever he's selling (laughs) because it's so useful. But just um, so that you have a little bit more understanding of who Brian is, he is the founder of people strength a company that helps people learn how to have connecting validating reinforcing conversations starting by starting with one meaningful question mm-hmm. it's not just about knowing the questions to ask but practicing them on a consistent basis right brian has spent the last 20 years as a master facilitator working with some of the biggest neuroscience based consulting companies to deliver leadership culture change and emotional intelligence workshops to multinational companies around the world. He actually began his career as a teacher in juvenile corrections facility while completing his MBA coursework in the evening. Uh, 
Um, this unique experience launched him to what has been his life's work, helping individuals learn, understand, and apply brain-based approaches to leadership engagement and cultural change. I promise you, you are going to get something out of this podcast episode. And if you do listen to it, um, it would be amazing if you are impacted by it or if you're encouraged by it, or if you're challenged by it. Uh, we just want to just ask maybe just maybe you would screenshot it, tag us um, in your Instagram stories or on Facebook. Um, and if you feel compelled to, who is one person that you think would benefit from it that you could forward this message to? That would mean so much to us. Absolutely. You're going to love this conversation. So let's go ahead and get into what Brian has to say. We're so excited about this conversation. So excited. Uh, I found you on Instagram and I'm like, one, I want to be friends with him. <laughs> or I found you on TikTok. Aimlessly yeah. throwing, don't tell me nothing good from t- doesn't come from TikTok. A lot because. of good comes from, t- a lot of good comes from TikTok. I have the most laughter of my life on TikTok. Right. And I, I came across uh, your platform and your message and I was just like, damn, I want to be friends with him. But two, I just, I knew I wanted to have you on this podcast. Um, Kara and I, for a while, we did a thing called Connect Dinners before COVID out in Los Angeles, and it Mm -hmm. was centered around just getting a group of strangers together and really having an intentional question that led Mm -hmm. to just beautiful moments. Mm -hmm. And when I was coming across the work that you're doing, I was like, this is really what people need because I think arguably now more than ever, people need to feel heard, they need to feel seen, and they need to feel known. And what better way to feel seen and known and heard than through asking intentional questions and curating meaningful conversations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we've discovered over the last two years is we're really bad at helping people feel seen and heard. Yeah. Like like in our relationships with our kids, with our friends and, and especially at work, which is actually where this whole thing started for me. I did not expect to be creating resources for partners or teens or I, I mean I've been in the business world you know for 15 years and so we initially created this because validation in the workplace is non-existent and mm. it's killing me yeah mm. but what we've realized is it actually starts with the relationships in your life that matter and and how you're approaching it and um, and how you're creating platforms for them to be to be heard. So yeah, yeah, I'm super excited to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I watched your Ted talk and, um, I really, I really would love for you to share even uh, a glimpse of that with, with us and, and, and the audience. But I think, um, one of the things I've loved in, in watching you is, is the simplicity of yeah. asking one good question, <laughs> like how much can come from just an open-ended, uh, question. And we talk a lot about this idea of creating space for people. And I think that's what a good question does, yeah. right? It creates a, a really safe space and a container for someone to say, here I am, see me. So can you tell us a little bit um, about, yeah, kind of how, how this started for you? You said at work and I know the story, but I'd love for you to share it with us. Yeah. So, so it, um, I, it's funny because as you bring up the TED talk, what, what we, you know, what we've been realizing, uh, or certainly I've been realizing over the last year is, is this started a long time ago. I've been sort of obsessed with questions for a very long time, starting in juvenile corrections and, and, and with, um, 
And, and Sal and Nathan, Sal is a real name, Nathan is not a real name. And, and, um, and one of the things that I got a lot on the TED Talk um, in the comments was, you know, have you been in touch with Nathan? Because I purposely let, left that open in the TED Talk because it was important to me to send the message that we do this, asking questions, trying to pull it out of somebody without knowing whether or not it's actually going to help. Absolutely. I don't have any control over that. Yeah. I wanted that discomfort in there. Um, but but the, the secret is I, I've been in touch with them. I've chatted with them and, and he's living a fantastic life, right? Oh, um, but that part of, I think for me, it started with getting smacked in the face, quite honestly, a lot as a 22-year-old working in a juvenile correction facility with kids that were kids, with people that were three years younger than me, Right. And trying to and and just coming in headstrong. Oh, I know, and I can save them, and I all of these things that 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 people come into that situation. Well, I'm going to save the world, kind of stuff, which is mm-hmm. really good intention, but it also can come across really judgmental. Can and 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 I was doing that. I mean, I was, we all still do it, if I'm honest, right? Um, but trying to say I know it's right for you, trying to convince them into things and. And I was just really lucky to have some good mentors and, and would give me phrases like, you know, if, 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 if I tell you this, is it more or less impactful than if you say it? Mm. And so that the, the term that we remember is it matters who says it, mm. right? Like, and we think about this with, I always use this example with like parents do this naturally, right? So we, hey, what did you do? Right. You know, they know what you did. Right. My my dad, my dad's a former Marine. There are no former Marines, but he he was a full time. Now he's just, you know, on the side, I guess. But um, but he would say, what did you do? And what he's trying to do is get me to take ownership of. And so that same concept, we understand that when somebody's doing something bad. But what was taught to me at that time is how are we helping people get ownership for the things they do well. Yeah. And unless a kid can see that, can acknowledge that they have a positive impact on the world, they have no reason to change. Mm -hmm. And you can tell them, right? You can try to convince them that something's going to be better, but if they don't see it as a possibility. So, so for me, I got really interested in questions, spent a lot of years consulting, uh, doing uh, work with like Neuro Leadership Institute, companies called Centis, where we did safety culture change. And I've always been in, in leadership uh, in, you know, companies all around the, uh, the world, really. And always we were coming back to questions with mm-hmm. leaders, questions with leaders. But what I realized is that they understand it intellectually, but they can't practice it. <laughs> Yeah. And we have this like short range of questions that, you know, we use and we don't actually like commit to. But uh, but so what led me into this is uh, so about five years ago, there was one question that I have a group of four friends that we ask every single week. And we yeah. still do. We did it Wednesday morning. And that is what went well in the last week because of you. Yeah. And for one hour, the four of us. And and by the way, one, one of the people on the call is a, a, a legitimate um we call him a pirate, but he's a sailboat captain and now runs a nonprofit, uh, but literally 
with, you know, ran sailboat excursions all around the world. Uh, another one is a former logger who's a real estate agent. Another one's a photographer. So we're not touchy feely folks uh, by and large. Right. I played rugby for 12 years. So I, I, I know more cuss words than I know nice ones, but, um, <laughs> but we started this years ago because we, I just, the idea of holding each other accountable just made me want to vomit in my mouth. I just, I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I'll go totally. to a counselor or a coach or like those folks. I can, but I don't want my friends holding me accountable because uh, like I don't, I just don't like being told what to do mm-hmm. quite if I'm honest. So we started this and, and, um, and every week it's new. Even the question is the same, but every week it's new. Like what happened because of you? And we can only talk about that. Nothing else gets discussed in that one hour. If somebody tries to have side conversations, we reel them back in. And the other folks can only ask clarifying questions. You're not, you're not giving each other your opinion or advice or feedback. Mm. And we, we did that for four or five years. And then when the pandemic started, I just opened that up to a broader group of people and said, hey, I'm at home, <laughs> so I'll turn the Zoom call on. We had 150 people in a year do it, and, and what that ended up turning into, which we can get more in detail, is, is the, the, the startup that we've been running now for eight months, where now we have, we've actually kind of outlined the science behind really good questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've come, we understand a lot more what's actually happening, why we're really crap, why we're really bad, at asking good questions um, and and then how to stay in that space, what we're looking for as humans in the in the kind of person-to-person interaction from the from the brain standpoint, and then how to how do we kind of approach this uh, consistently. So uh, what what started as I know we need to ask questions has turned into, oh, okay, there's actually there's some things that we can do really purposefully to to change that 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 really aren't that hard, but but um but take a bit of practice. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I want to actually talk about the science of a good question, mm-hmm. but before we do that, what makes that question, the question that you go to yeah. in the past week? Yeah. 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 So, um, so I, it's, uh, it kind of answers both questions. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, well, we started it actually, I, sh- I should qualify that. We started it with just what went well in the last week right and i didn't know this until a year ago but mark uh, marty martin siegelman he's the sort of the godfather of positive psychology right um uh i must have picked, i i'm convinced i picked this up from him and that's where the question came from but what he was doing was i believe he was studying gratitude journals right and we understand from the rain standpoint uh, increased gratitude is actually going to change your medial prefrontal cortex it makes it more sensitive you're able to pick up different things all of that and um what he did was he was like oh these gratitude journals in the morning are not are not having that much effect on people right and what's behind that is because if you ask somebody right what are you grateful for there's often guilt involved with that yes right yeah. meaning like oh what the hell i'm supposed to say you know, you know i just had an argument with my wife but i'm grateful for my wife i just wish she'd shut up right you know this is just that the messaging in the back there. And so he changed it to what went well. And that's self-defined, yeah. right? It's not what that's went good. well is can be a little more like, oh no, this, and it's actually a little more feeling defined, right? Yeah. And there's a little more ownership almost of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the question that we have, like this is, we call this our kind of quintessential, like our, our bellwether question. In the last week, what went well because of you? There's three components there. In the last week, so if you understand validation, especially positive validation, when is the best time to validate a behavior you want to see again? In the moment? The closest, yep, as soon as you can get to that behavior. Mm -hmm. So the first component of a good question, or we call a meaningful question, the ones we've designed, the first component is time, right? So I like, and recent time, yeah. And so for adults, it can actually be in the last month because we experience time differently, but never ask a kid in the last month because it's just like asking you in the last 10 years. (laughs) Right. The first one is about validation. It's time in the last week, today, in the last hour, whatever that might be. The second part is what went well. And this is what we call the positive assumption, right? Or you can say in the last week, what is the most meaningful, right? So what we're doing is assuming obviously something went well, but the reason we can do that is because now we're not qualifying it. What I mean by that is, and we saw this in the year we were doing the experiment during the pandemic, is people would get on and, and, and I, I always encourage, like, it's the little thing. It's the little thing that you want to, and people would get on and say, I got out of bed before 11 today. And they do it with tears in there. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is because we now, now they're in and now they have somebody asking them questions for 10 minutes. Hey, what changed? How did it feel? Right. Where, where can you do more of that? Mm. Right. What does it say about you? And, and we got to validate this small movement and that, that the person would have ignored that he would never have shared with somebody yeah. else. And the last piece is because of you. And that's a, that's locus of control. That is, don't, don't tell me about, don't tell me we use the example like, Oh, I got a cake this week. And my follow-up question would be, okay, what did you do to develop the relationships around you that someone would feel compelled to give you a cake? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that back on the individual and the way we've got that, that's that positive accountability. Again, just like the kid will hold them accountable if they did something wrong, but we need to spend as much effort holding them accountable to doing to the to the positive impacts, the, the things that they're doing well, the good in them. And um, and so that's really what's happening on the calls. We're using those three, and now we're gonna dive deeper for 10 weeks. And the the the, the amazing thing from my end has just been like you can use one question. That one question every week, if you spend the time to do the underlying questions below it, if, and there's a lot of other things that go in and and really, you know, um, having better conversations here, you know, no, no opinion judgment, you're not leading, you're, you know, there's a process that we learn in it, but just starting with that question and doing that question weekly, we've just seen so many people that it just, it's changing what they're looking for. Right. I love, yeah, I know you probably have something to say, but I love this more than like the gratitude practices, because I think this question, as you have so beautifully said, um, it invites a level of emotional honesty Mm. where gratitude is like, I logically know what I should be grateful for. I can intellectually ascend to the, yeah, of course I should be grateful, but I'm not there. And this question completely, uh, it just invites that level of honesty that I find is so necessary Mm. 
And this is and this is a, the, the launching pad for when. So we have that question, and then we have an acronym that we use to design questions or to to categorize questions, if you will. We call it the Fires model. So it's feelings, influence, resilience, ethics, and strength. These are the five areas we know that if the if the question is in one of those areas, it's really likely to be helpful for the other person and informative. So feelings is like emotional intelligence and self-awareness, influence is locus of control, resilience is growth mindset, ethics is like purpose and values, and 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 S is strengths and, and skills and, and that sort of thing. So like when you when we say gratitude, right? Like we would say, what are you grateful for? Or somebody would say, what are you grateful for? That's a general question that you would hear a lot. What we would do using that model in the last month, and this would be uh, if, if you two are game sometime, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll toss a question at we'll, please, we'll, we'll absolutely, yes. Um, so let's use this one uh, actually first. Uh, so uh, Caleb or Kara, who, who wants to go? I want to go, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, Kara, in the last month, mm. can you tell me the time you felt the most grateful? Like what were you doing? What were your experience when you really felt the most grateful I know. for what mm. was going on? <laughs> um, well, I have two. I'm going to go with the most recent. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday morning. I'm going to give two because they feel like in conjunction. Can I give two? Sure. Sure. So yesterday yeah. um, we had our 20-week uh, anatomy scan, ultrasound, for our little girl that I'm carrying. And... Leading up until that, there was a lot of um, just anxiety and things that had stories that we had heard about this 20-week anatomy scan that were very terrifying. And the moment she came up on the screen, I just, the ultrasound, I just started bawling, crying because there's this human that I'm seeing for the first time on an ultrasound screen. And um, I felt so much gratitude, just that life like literally my body has the ability to produce life. That's so wild to me. And then she was healthy. Everything is developing great. So I was feeling a lot of gratitude around that. Um, Can I yeah, would it be okay to ask a couple follow-ups on that? Yeah. Yeah. So what does it say about you that you had that experience? Mm. You know, I think it says uh, in terms of uh, about me, I think it really says that I'm, I'm, I've gone on a really long journey of healing my relationship with my body and I'm just in awe. Like I'm in absolute awe of, of my body's ability to create life. Um, I think it says about me that I have so much excitement about being a mom. (laughs) I think it says about me that I, um, I feel really supported in a partnership where we get to create life together and if you had to describe somebody else that, that like you, like you may say you were just listening to somebody else say exactly what you said and you had to describe them, they are the type of person that. Mm. They are the type of person that celebrates life. Mm. They are the type of person that is present in their life. Where did you learn that? Hmm. Uh, gosh, where did I learn that? Internally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a time that, that, like, that you can think about in your life that, like, ooh, remember, like, developing this or you remember having an experience where, you know, like, you felt similar or you experienced somebody feeling similar? Like, like, mm. like, you- like the celebratory feeling? 
Sure. Yeah. Or that like embrace and, and reverence for life kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have specific times, but I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking specifically about things that I've, I've really come to celebrate in my life. Um, mm -hmm. things that I've longed for and that have come to fruition have become celebrations. So things that I've, uh, like, like Caleb is a great story where I, you know, I thought I would be married by 21. I met him at 34 and that waiting period was so long and hard, but I have this immense gratitude because he came at exactly the right time. Mm -hmm. So I think I learned it in almost the, the struggle of longing. Yeah. 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 So as I'm hearing it, this this kind of beautiful explanation of like, I went through a really tough time and it, and now I'm good to experience, I'm able to see stuff that maybe other people can't because of what I've been through. Absolutely. And I think I have more capacity to hold things because that that cavern internally has been carved out, right? Like the, the, the pain of longing has created even a greater capacity to hold what I really long for. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Good, good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's a great question. Yeah, so these are like that interaction is, is what we try to kind of outline or not. Like that's what we're tr creating the space for in the membership. Because what if you can... I would love to hear your experience mm. of the questions I was asked, like, like, yeah. what, what was maybe if there was like, what, what, how was that either different or beneficial for you? Like yeah. Just the, the, the couple of minutes we were asking those mm -hmm. questions. Absolutely. Well, I think the first thing I noticed is one, it immediately, uh, it draws me into my inner world, like what's actually happening in my inner world. Um, I think it also, the, the series that you asked the, in the, in the format that you asked really asked me to, um, to, to own myself, like to own my participation in, in what is happening. Um, I think too, it, it, uh, it allowed for this sense of, um, when you ask the question, like, what does this say about you? Like, what does this say about me? It It is not only self-reflection, but it's self-reflection with this ownership, uh, right? So it's like looking at myself in a new light. It's like, oh, let me put on goggles and look at myself from this new mm. lens, mm. Um, which I think so often I'm, I'm just reflecting and, and thinking like so often we live in a certain vortex, like a certain energy vortex in our lives. And it almost like pulled me out of that energy vortex into a new one see to see differently. Yeah. Objectively, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm curious, Caleb, what was your experience? As she was answering those questions, yeah. I had my own answers for her. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to project. <laughs> this is what it says about you, damn it. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, like, when you, when he, I, I love that question, what does it say about you? That was the central question mm. that I asked myself when I was doing a lot of identity work, when I left the yeah. NFL and I had to go discover who the hell is Caleb Campbell. Yeah. Like, what does this say about me? Got to, like, these root belief systems. So I do, I love that question, but... As you asked Kara that question, um, I would have said like it's you live with it says that you live with an open heart, mm. right? That mm. there's just this this new life is being created. You've been through hell and back, and you're still not just standing, but you're standing with an open heart. Mm. Um, and then secondly, yeah. go ahead. So if we can stop on that, or they just uh, side on that yeah. one. Hearing her response, right? 
like and 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 having that experience that oh that her definition was a little different than mine how can that be beneficial for because it makes me see who she is and not like the idea of, that i might have of who she is that's filtered through my own experiences and set of beliefs and my own interactions and everything so i see i think an opportunity to see my partner and how she sees herself yeah. and now that i know even in just a small scale as like oh this is how you see yourself I can be more intentional in my responses to her or my own questions to her, or I can just connect with her in a more meaningful and intentional way as I'm more aware of how she sees herself. And I'm going to make an, I'm going to, I'm going to make an assumption. Let me know if this assumption is true. There's a couple of questions you'd like to ask her now too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that piece, that piece and, and why I'm kind of stopping it yeah. because it's, it's a critical piece of one of the, we call that, so the nerdy language behind that is, that is what we call epistemic curiosity. Mm. Curiosity that builds curiosity. Yeah. That question now opens five more questions. And in a relationship, think about how many questions we ask the other person that like, if you're on the answering side, you're like, oh, if I can answer this, then we'll be done. Mm. Right. Where do you want to go for dinner? That's a great one. That is not an epistemic question. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, just pick, so we're going to stop doing this, right? So your brain is naturally designed to save energy and keep you safe. Those are rule number one and two. Everything goes in there unless you're consciously trying to do something different. So an, any relationship is going to naturally move into yes or no, yeah. mm. it kind of questions. We, we, there is a natural, because they're safe. And they don't require a lot of energy. Yeah. But the moment you stop being curious in the other person, it starts getting like it, the the downwards. And yeah. and the challenge is, is we are not like it, to leaving your brain to its own devices. Safety and efficiency, mm-hmm. just like yeah. you know, if just because I can think about working out all day, but that doesn't right. That doesn't give me. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, you know, Caleb, like intimidate you. <laughs> but that, but we know that like it requires the effort to break down. And that's what's happening with these, like creating questions like these and doing the effort, you're right, uh, uh, pushing forth the effort it takes to have a question like this, that now that other person is going to bring forth the effort. And now we have that innate curiosity. Mm. That, I mean, that's the, Think about when you first start dating somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're running all of these situations. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it going to be like this? Oh, it's going to be mm-hmm. like this. With the attraction, so much of the attraction is curiosity. What would my life be like? What would this be like? And the moment you figure, the moment you think you have your spouse figured out, mm. it's problematic. Bad, yeah. It is because now, now there's no expiration. And yeah. that's where, where we, when we designed these questions about like last week, today, you realize there's always stuff to discover. It's, it's going to take a little work, right? It does. It takes a little, I, I can feel my brain working in a different way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I understand why it would be so helpful to have this guided mm-hmm. until I can train myself to think in this new way. Mm. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's, and I, I love how you put it that way because what we, we say is, the ability to ask a good question is an innate. It's not, you yeah. can't read the book so and pick good. it up. 
uh, it's a practice. And yeah. we, we, we have these, you know, in our membership, people come on and we, right now we have three or four options over time. We're going to, it's kind of like the Peloton, like come and join a group anytime. And I'm joining your membership. <laughs> awesome. After we'll this. be there. <laughs> and the beauty is you get to practice with strangers because yes. this is actually much harder for you to do together. Right. Yeah. But if I can go and practice with strangers that are doing the same thing, and the cool thing is it becomes a little competition because we're we're trying to ask a question that lights somebody up. That's actually where fires come from. It's like when when you see the fire in them, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the important thing to them. Uh, but uh, but when they practice with strangers, just like you go to the you know uh, for football, you practice on the field and then you go to the game. The game is the friends and family that matter to you. That's the game. But the but but people don't do you know can read a book about questions and open ended and then they go right to the game mm. and it's just not psychologically safe right or I go to my you know the people I've been working with for five years and they what the hell is wrong with you and 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 I try it and I get that negative feedback once or twice and nope we're gonna go back to these safe questions yeah. same in a relationship hey hey babe I just read this out of Cosmo right like there's I'm sorry, that's super stereotypical, but um, <laughs> but I just read this thing and that, oh, no, 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 these questions, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, because I don't have that muscle build up, I can say, I brought this, I'm going to try it. I try it and we don't, they, they don't have the experience that we had maybe when we read it or maybe when we thought about how it was going to go and now I'm not going to practice it again. Mm. We have people like, you know, the, that have been doing this now for over t- for, for up to two years that uh, we just had a, a somebody come back uh, a week ago because um, we treat it like a gym membership. And he's like, oh, I've been out of the gym for six or seven weeks and I'm really noticing it in my conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I need to practice sessions to come back in. And, and that's, I, I think, for us as we designed it, that, that was most frustrating thing in the workshops of leadership and questions that I do is we have this idea that, this you're going to learn it in eight hours and be able to go do it right mm. and the majority of the learning that we do as humans is social learning it's in that yeah. interaction mm-hmm. so i think i think too yeah. one thing that i'm really pulling out is this idea that when you asked me that question mm-hmm. i recognize that you want to see me i feel that you want to see me and i think in relationship um, partnership, any kind of relationship, really, we're looking to feel so seen. And so by one question, not only do, is it like, hey, I want to see you, it keeps going and I feel more and more seen. And I'm thinking like in this interaction, you guys have, have just seen me, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it also, I think, inspires me to want to see you back. It almost is like, oh, you've held a mirror up. Let me hold a, hold a mirror up, yeah. which I think is so beautiful. And the, and the beauty, uh, you hit it exactly, all the parts right there, because your brain is social. We we need this. We need this connection like food and water. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's like, if you look at uh, Matthew, um, uh, Carol Eisenberg, Matthew Lieberman wrote a book on social connection between neuroscientists, but they, you know, your brain absolutely needs this. And if we don't have it, but I, the, the thing I would add to that is we saw you in the place you wanted to be seen. Mm, yeah. That that's why it's the question, and that's that's why really did the like the why we spent so much time. We really because again we we initially we're gonna bring this to 
workplaces and we had workshops and it was validation. And we pulled back and we really spent a lot of time getting underneath the science. We actually had a couple PhDs uh, volunteer to help us out because they just thought it was really cool. But um, but it's so important mm. that we're able to allow other people to be seen how they want to be seen. Yeah, that's because they, that's big. the discovery. Because we will f- we find out so often that how we're seeing them may not actually be how they want to be seen. That, yeah. that the thing that we think is important to them is actually not the thing that's important to them. I think that that kind of like puts me in a spot too because I feel like I ask hard questions often, mm-hmm. but it might be it's a question that I think I asked that I've never really put that. I'm just kind of talking myself into or talking this out right now, mm. but I ask these questions that I'd maybe they don't want to be seen mm. in mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's good. <laughs> I'm having yeah, a moment. Yeah. That's where it's so, so if we look at the, so there's so many structures, sorry, yeah. but um, the underlying, some of the, 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 the kind of outline when we really get into, so when somebody gets in membership and we've really, redesigned all of that so it'll be a few weeks from now but when they get into the membership uh, we teach them just the basic one of the initial trainings they get to go to is the just the basic one meaningful question training and so there's a couple of components that are super important here to be able to do exactly what you said it let them be seen in the place they want to be seen mm. is that our questions are going to have a positive orientation yeah because asking somebody about their trauma at five is none of your damn business. Right. Totally. Right. Totally. Don't ask that question unless somebody approaches you and say, can I talk to you about this? My, right. my wife is a counselor, so I get really passionate about that. Mm. Now, now, that doesn't mean that people on our call don't share right. things, but we're sharing them in the context of, now what have you gotten? So I don't care what happened to you at your five. I, I do as a human, all of that, but I'm not qualified to help you with that. Yeah. Mm. But if we can, if you are addressing what happened to you when you were 10 in the context of this new ability you have today, well, I'll have that conversation all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we look at when we're, we, we, a couple of things that again drive it is, okay, if I'm asking a question, I want the other person to learn something because that feels better to me than me learning something from the other person. Yeah. Right selfish drive and does it feel better if i'm in a conversation i'm asking somebody's question is it going to feel better to me as the person asking questions if they learn something good good about themselves about what's right with them or if they learn about what's wrong with them Mm. and so we can be completely self-driven in this i I want them to learn because then they're going to think i'm cool and i want them to learn something good about themselves because then they're going to think I'm even cool. <laughs> that's the stuff that we're looking for. That's mm. the validation we're looking for in a relationship to start with. Yeah. The reason we share our, our story and then we're looking for that feedback is because our brain says, I need to know that I have value in this pack, that I'm accepted, that I'm that they see. And so instead of sharing the story, I can get two or three questions into someone and get that same experience. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's and then, powerful. And then when they ask you to share their to share your story, the feelings are much different. Yeah, and the the, the last little thing that 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 uh, if you notice, I didn't ask you about the situation. Mm. 
right? You, you told me about, right? Did, notice I didn't, how long I didn't, you shared some of that, but I didn't, I didn't ask any of those details. Mm-hmm. And what, what, it sounds harsh, but we have this, is I tell people, nobody cares about your damn story. Mm. Right. Like think about how many times this is like the relationship one-on-one. How was your day? I don't care about your day. Now that sounds bad, (laughs) but I don't need, I don't need, I don't need you to, or, or, or have you going to go through Here was my schedule. And I was Mm -hmm. here at nine. Like, are we taking a test later? Like, do I need to know this for, but that underlying question is why do I need to know this? So I don't ask about your day because that's about the content, but I am extremely interested in the context. Why was it important to you? What was the best part of your day? Why did today matter? Like what, what about you working three or four thing, uh, times this will impact us in the future? Mm-hmm. Oh man. And that, and that, as you described that Caleb, like now, oh, wow, now I'm interested in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We care about the other person. We want to support them and know that. But like what the disconnect is, how is your day does not connect to you, like the fact that I want to communicate that you're important, that I value you, that I want to support you. It kind of does to the other person, but it's like it's just like guilt driven. Like, OK, your your job in the relationship is to shut up and listen to me babble on about nothing for 20 minutes. Like that's purgatory. right? <laughs> Sometimes that's part of a relationship. I'll grant you that. Yeah really looking for that connection yeah we really want that from the other person then the lazy question of how is your day it doesn't you know if we're we're not doing any more work than how's your day how like why would i do the work of even lifting my face from this you know my my tiktoks or whatever right Mm. i love that you just said lazy question Mm. because it really is it is yeah And, and I think it's lazy a lot of times because people don't know different. Like they don't, totally. because when I ask, how's your day? Probably my intention is to get to the, the good stuff, but I don't know a better question. I don't know how to say like, what did you learn about yourself today? Or whatever I ask, right? So let's start on a really basic level for people listening. And I think you just said three of them. What are th- three different questions that you can ask to replace how was your day? Mm. Yeah, I guess. So, A, if you go on onemeaningfulquestion.com, I, I, we, we have free downloads for uh, three questions that change with teens, three questions that change with your partner, and three questions that change with peers. Um, and I should have them memorized, but I don't. <laughs> but, um, but it's simple ones. So, I, I always, again, if we think about time, agency, and positive assumption, right? Yeah. Positive assumption can often lead to, like, what's a great thing that happened to you today? Right now, that didn't include the agency, right? Like it didn't say because of you, but I, but I don't need that. Like if I'm I'm if I'm just starting this, right? I like the qualifier is instead of what happened to you today, what's the best thing that happened to you today? Mm. Now is a value statement. Mm. Now now I'm finding out what's important to you. That's a context question. Mm. The content question is, well, what happened to you today, right? But if I can qualify that, now I'm in the context. What's the best thing to happen? Right? Like you think about your 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 uh, your, your partner walks in, and you can say you can see it's been a rough day, mm-hmm. yeah. And 
again, the lazy, and now I always qualify, your brain is naturally lazy. Yes. It's not that you're lazy as a yes. person. Your brain is trying to save calories because apparently it's trying to withhold burning the bacon that you had in the morning. Right? <laughs> so that's its job. So there's nothing wrong with you. Just understand that, that, that that's naturally going to happen unless you do the work on the other side. But if somebody comes in struggling, if a partner comes in struggling, the question of like, what happened to you? Ooh, mm. like that's like, now I'm going to get, now I'm going to get the, yes, the, right. Now I'm going to get unloading and, and that's okay. We want to provide space for that. Yeah. Right. But what if it was, man, what challenge are you pushing through today? Mm. Right. Like, wow. Mm. Like you, you're, you look like you've been doing some work today. Can you tell me about that? because now I'm taking the focus off of the content, which is what happened to you Mm -hmm. into the context of tell me about the work you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And now that's like inherently validated. I, you look tired, which tells me you're kicking some ass somewhere. Let's talk to me about the battle. Mm. Yeah. Cause I now want to hear all about the battle. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes me think, Brian, of how you're turning us all into healers (laughs) because I just feel like, healing happens when we feel seen healing happens in these spaces where we actually get to start to see differently. And Mm -hmm. really what you're doing is you're allowing people to see each other differently. I'm curious. We talk a lot about, um, can I just add to that? Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole notion that you described earlier that you're allowing me to be seen where I want to be seen. Mm. And that makes me feel emotionally safe. Mm -hmm. And just because of that, I feel emotionally safe, which might lead me to actually opening up and talking about something that I really need to talk about but I haven't felt safe enough up until this point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a people on the calls, especially when they're and we're trying to do a better job of like introducing them. So they're, they're, they're ready for the first calls because they they'll get on and they're like, Oh, I, I don't know if I can be that vulnerable and I'll stop them. And I say, no, no, no. Like vulnerability is not a requirement here. At least the vulnerability that we generally think of, which is again, share the bad thing that happened to you when you were 10. You, yeah. you not only, not only is that not a requirement, that's actually, we're suggesting that you don't. But there is a piece of what we call positive vulnerability, right? Because we, we have a little chart of like um, the hardest thing to talk about out loud and from easiest to hardest. The easiest is what the bad thing that happened that wasn't your fault, right? Mm-hmm. So we walk into a situation and like, oh, this weather's garbage. Super easy. Right. Because it's safety and efficiency. Now, it's a little tougher psychologically to say, oh, isn't this great weather we have out here again, not in your control, but it's positive. Right now, people can train themselves to do that pretty where that actually feels pretty comfortable. But if you walk in the wrong situation, it's like, what are you, Pollyanna here? What's wrong with you? Oh, everything bunnies and rainbows. And that might be more of a male experience. And, you know, <laughs> but, but then we get into what we assume is the hardest, but it's not the bad thing that happened because of you is easier to talk about than the good thing that happened because of you. Mm, Yes. I believe that. I believe that 100%. 100%. I wanted to say that earlier because I was like, this has to be so challenging for people because we spend our lives foreboding joy. Yeah. Right. We spend our lives waiting for the other shoe to drop. We spend our lives for, you know, beating ourselves ourselves up and Mm -hmm. seeing the bad. But now this question is asking me to see me in through a lens of light, Mm -hmm. through a lens of love. Which is why you're turning us into healers. We've been indoctrinated in the idea that that growth is about identifying what's wrong with you and getting over it. 
and that and the and the counter why we're crap at asking questions in this is that I'll help you because I'm going to tell you what nobody else will. Mm. Well, that same concept is what we apply in the positive way with I'm going to ask you the questions and hold you accountable in a way that nobody else will. Because when you said, oh, it wasn't a big deal, we're going to explore that. (laughs) When you don't think anything happened well this week because of you, we're going to explore that too. Mm. And I am super happy to make you uncomfortable there. Like, like sign up. Right. And I, I do this with coaching clients, but I'll do it on a call. I did it on a call today. I went, uh, you know, they were doing a, what went well because of you. And I was kind of, you know, peeking in and they, they asked, uh, one of the people on the call a question, uh, you know, about how do you want to feel? And this person explained it. Well, I want people to think about me, blah, blah, blah. That's an externally locust answer. Yeah. Yep. Didn't answer. So <laughs> I don't do this on the calls. I did this because these are veterans and they trust me, but I just get on the call and go, Boof. disrupt that thinking back yeah like no no what do you want to feel yeah go back here because you don't control them you control you and i'm going to hold you accountable to say out loud well yeah maybe you don't know that's cool but if you did know what would that be right that's Mm. we still get the push right and and i i I, to your point earlier i I just we are designed to help each other Mm. we're like the, the there's a guy named Stan Tatkin r- wrote uh, Love and War and Intimate Relationships, and they did uh, um, the, the, the PACT therapy is what there's so a neurobiology of attachment where a lot of this comes from. And his, his entire him and the other people that created this, the, 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 the thesis uh, is the pair bonding that happens between two brains in a relationship is the place that has the highest potential for growth. Mm-hmm because you're going to trigger each other the most. Mm -hmm. But again, you all, but that means the other side is also there. You can see each clearest and you can help each other the most. Yeah. And, and so I, and and that's in, you know, a a pair, a partnership relationship, but it's also with friends. It's also with, you know, those around us that like we are being influenced. You cannot have an interaction with a human being that isn't training them. Mm. how to react to other human beings and how to react to themselves. So we can either be purposeful about that and put that in a direction that helps people, or we can be lazy about it. And and, and we know that the brain is going to go to safety and efficiency. Mm. So it, it's a bit existential in as much as like, you don't have a choice. You're always making a choice. Mm. The, the, the question is, is, are you making a conscious choice or not? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this. I, I keep thinking about this idea that, um, well, I work with women and, and a lot of the work we do is around healing your relationship with self. And that's mm-hmm. been one of the the huge parts of my practice is, is how do we help you see yourself in light? Like, how do we help you see yourself in, in possibility and what is actually true? And I love this kind of work because before that, before I was a coach, I was, uh, I was a chef in LA and for eight years I was throwing dinner parties, hosting retreats. And, and creating experiences around food with intentional questions. I actually used to have a um, like a table talk download on my website of like 16 or 20 intentional yeah. questions you could ask at a dinner party. And a lot of times I, I think um, what I what I love about coaching, it's a one-on-one interaction. And so there's self-healing happening. But I also 
I have a, a group program and I just think about the way that these women heal in group because mm-hmm. it's, it's so intertwined, right? Like we do our inner work and then together, uh, we get to do the work as well. And I just think of how relationships, I'm just thinking yeah. about relationships, relationship with self, relationship with each other. It literally is the most shaping profound, um, experience that we have in life. And you mm-hmm. are giving us these, these tools that, that actually help build, right? It's like the, the structure, the building tools. Yeah. And I, I really love you say that. And I, I, what's important to me, I think, as we've developed this and is, so it's me being a bit critical of my own industry, that I think as coaches, as speakers, you know, we, we want to help people, mm. but we can indirectly, and I, I don't think this is happening on purpose. It's not this, you know, negative, you know, conspiracy thing that's happening, but we accidentally send the message that they need us for help. Yes. Mm. Yes. And the, the, what's been super important and what I'm hoping to do in this is to help people realize how much help, how much influence and support is available. Yeah right around you yeah. with yeah. the person that you go to sleep at night with, with the friend that you're having coffee with. So good. It, and it just takes a little bit of extra work. It's going to be a little understanding, you know, take some practice all over this, but mm-hmm. like the thing that you want to do is here. But again, we, we struggle with it with friends and family because we think it's about asking you what happened at time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's none of my business unless you want me, unless you come directly asking for help with that, which I'm also going to tell you, I'm not qualified, but I'm happy to sit here in the crap with you and help you deal with it. Yeah. But my job isn't there. I'm much better and every single person has the ability to hold you accountable to, to the good things in you. So I have, and, a, oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, you're fine. Go I have ahead. a confession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was working out before this conversation and I, I was processing kind of like maybe speaking topics and so on and so forth that we can cover. Um, and I was going through some of your Instagram posts and I'm thinking to myself, like this guy is like, I love his, his frame of reference. I love the way he thinks. Um, I just like, I love his vibe. I'm like, I want to actually know this guy. And so I'm thinking, like, what's a question that I could ask that really gets down to the core of who he is mm-hmm. and what has shaped him? And yeah. the question that popped up in me that I wanted to ask you, but now I realize it's not a good question <laughs> <laughs> because it isn't maybe giving you the permission. Well, I'll tell you the question and maybe you can mirror back to me or give me feedback on, like, what a better question could be. But because I was like, I really want to know him. So my question was going to be, what is a need as a child that went unmet in your life that you've Mm -hmm. had to learn to meet yourself? And how has that shaped the work that you do today? Yeah. And let's explore that. Okay. Where did that question come from for you? It came from, I want to know what has helped you see the way that you see. And I'm going to make an assumption here that, that there were, and I, that there were needs that were unmet for you that helped you. Yes. I'm always interested in the pain points of a person's life that they've had to navigate and how that pain has now shaped an element of their purpose. 
Right. So, so what's important to know is that like, we're asking from our own perspective, yes. right? Like, Oh, I've been through, I've had these needs not met, met, met a good thing. Maybe that did or didn't happen to me. I, I think you, there's a pretty good bet that it did, right? Yes. Like in most people, but it's also like, a, it assumes that in, and the other part is like, you know, like, do I get to ask that? Now you wanted to know that because why? I want to know what's that. The, what's the benefit? And and I'll and I'll do one other step. What's the benefit to me? Yeah, it's solely for me. <laughs> <laughs> but but there but but not solely. No, yeah. So I think the but benefit the benefit, for, benefit for me from that perspective, right? The, like the, you wanted to do it because you wanted to show me what there was. I can honestly say that. I don't feel like there was any like ego attached to the question where I would be like, oh, I yeah. need him to know that I can ask a sophisticated question, right? So, so I'll, I'll help you out here because you already told me. I want to know this person. Yes. Right? I want to develop a relationship. Yes. So, so you were asking the question for me. Yes. Show me, I, oh, well, I, I, you're important to me. I want to develop a relationship. So yep. there was a very positive element that that was coming from. So owning that and then looking at like, I want to find out about this person, how this person created these skills. Right. Yeah. And, and so the last, the last bit of assumption or the last bit I want to check in is, is when you said, what have you been through that got you a skill? Did you have specific skills in mind or, or perspective or like, like something that I might've developed that you were actually interested in exploring? No, not necessarily. Yeah. So that would be the piece that I would ask, right? So did you go through something that you now have a skill or, you know, it helps you develop? Like, uh, it, it's simple questions of like, you know, what, like, what are the, what are the skills you worked hardest to create? What are the ones you're most proud about? Right. What are, what are the, you know, what are the badges of honor that, that, you know, that, that do, do you really, and that's just, these are just kind yeah. of up head bit but that like you're saying i want to know you you're saying i want to find out and i specifically want to find out like how did you get to do some of the things you do right so if i just take a little extra time to say okay maybe it's how did you learn to speak or how did you learn to have this perspective or you know what i mean like like where did you yeah i guess i i guess i could say like what are some of the badge of honors that you carry close to your heart um, because I think that gives you the option of sharing the parts that you want to share. Yeah. And most likely, like even when I was sharing, when you asked me questions, most likely you're going to share the pain point. Like you're going to naturally, um, share why the badges mm -hmm. of honor have been created. If there was a pain point. Wow. My brain and it, is working. And it, and, it, and it gives me, it gives me the option to share as much or as little. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it gives me the option to say no. Yeah. But defining that, like, like that's the agency pieces. I notice you do this. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? I mean, that's the simple piece. That's, that's saying, I want to know about you. This right? is good. This is so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Challenged. It's, it's a really like, um, the, 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 the art and science behind this has been um, just fantastic. I, I'm, so again, we've been really quiet. We're actually not 
we've not done any marketing yet because we're we've changed our learning management system on the back end so the user experience for the members is, is going to be there uh we wanted to create a pricing system that 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 you know so it's 90 bucks a month now and, and you can go to four or more live ones uh um a month, right? Every week. And we have people that go to like two or three, we call them the gym rats, right? <laughs> because they want to practice more. Um, and that's fine because it doesn't matter if there's five people or 500 people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but in this process, it's just what's, I mean, our, our head of marketing, you know, she came yesterday and she said, Oh, I realized we were asking. So they have a, they have a kid uh, uh, who's, just a fantastic football player. He's got another year of high school, obviously going to college. And she realized that the kid was coming home and they were saying, how was practice? And she was like, but we, we said, what is, what, what was the coolest thing that happened in practice? Or what was mm-hmm. it like? She, she had, she started discovering and, and identifying her own questions. And I just, or I got a little teary. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm a crier. I'll put that. I mean, you've seen my TED talk. This is why we're going to be friends. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but for me, like that, that piece of like, when people start to get it, and then again, the important piece, they start to see their ability to do it. That is as long as you're curious and then you think about what is best to be curious about is what's right with them mm-hmm. and, and helping them learn or see something. And I don't have to interject my opinion, my advice yeah. matter when my story comes in and I actually distracts from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can get all the things I need mm-hmm. and, and leave them better off. And it can be like four questions away. Like yeah. I mean, it's not every interaction, but, but it's, it's the important ones for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So good. You know, simple changes all of a sudden we have a holy cow i didn't who are you like i love those moments yeah. right i've been married 18 years and we had one two days ago like who mm. what did you do with my wife <laughs> but, the, but again now i'm curious again right yeah and it just it, it's so beautiful it gives people permission to grow and evolve and become different versions of themselves which is so freeing yeah. in relationship yeah, and that's where, like, when when people get deeper into the membership and actually some of the bigger trainings that, that we again held back on that we'll be kind of pushing out in the spring again is is each of the fires elements actually have what we call question structures, right? So if you're asking a question about self awareness and or I mean, yeah, self awareness or emotional intelligence, that's actually you're you're kind of asking like how did that feel? You're you're asking clarification in different ways because happiness to me means something different to you yeah. mm-hmm. so I, for that mm-hmm. when we ask we call them resilience questions or growth mindset these are some of the tougher ones because you're asking like this is a question of like in the last week what did something you fail what is something you failed at that was a benefit to you mm. and so that has a process we call that process vpa validate permission amplify because everybody's been in the situation where you just had something bad happen, right? Emotionally. And they say, oh, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. Mm. And they just invalidated. Invalid. All like, Fuck story. off, guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just, oh, that's, that's my exact response. Lots of spiritual <laughs> bypassing right there. Yeah. And so what we teach them is the initial questions are about validation. Tell me about that. How does that feel? Yeah. This is where good. are you at with it? And then once we've clarified, like, yes, it's really sucked, then the then we ask a permission question. You know, 
I've seen people go through things like this before, and sometimes it's helpful to actually see, you know, what you might have got from that. Are you ready? Mm. You, you know, are you, would you like to have that conversation? That's so good. Mm. Ask those questions. I get permission to go and see where the growth and the learning happen. But but I and I I tell people if you see somebody just wrecked on their bicycle and broke their leg in the street, you don't, you're not talking to them about, well, you know, when this grows back, it's going to be so much stronger. Mm. No, you take care of the damn leg, yeah. right? You, 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 know, you put it in the cast, you send them to the hospital and emotionally people are coming to you. There's, they, they haven't been in the hospital yet. And you're trying to tell them how they're going to be a better, you know, uh, they're going to be able to use it better. And it's just, again, because we want to fix people. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. Um, I know we are coming up on an hour. Oh wow! We um, could talk all day. To I you. know. I'm <laughs> convinced so that the world needs you more and more. Do you that. have a go-to question for personal transformation that you've held in your life that always helps you maybe move beyond the feeling of being stuck? That he asks him how, that you thought. ask yourself. Mm. Where have I done this before? Mm. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Where have I been successful at this before? Where have I overcome something like this uh, in, a, in a meaningful way before? Every challenge you face as an individual is only 10% of something you haven't, you've already done before. Mm. But your brain will not see that in the moment when it's scary. Yeah. And, and this, and this is, uh, that's one of the quintessential, like, this is one of the structural questions we teach people ask on the call. Mm-hmm. It's like, and that's, that's where, when, 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 uh, um, Kara, when you were answering your questions, like, Hey, where did that come from? Mm. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Is it because every, like the things we're experiencing, like that's where we take, here's this thing in the past and here's how it's made me better. But that's where we do that, like changing of a really crap situation where we get to take trauma and turn it into superpowers. Mm-hmm. But and, and I, it, for me, that's the most important question. I, 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 you'll never be on a coaching call with me where we're not some iteration of that question. Yeah. I love because, it. Because without that question, we're dependent. Yeah. And do you, dependent. Do you have a question for, sorry if I'm hijacking this call. Do you have a great first date question? Ooh. It's funny. It's funny. I had no, so one of, some of the people on the call are like, this is the, the best dating stuff. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, you got to start know, a dating app now. It's going to be super keen on me. Dating, dating. <laughs> we're, we're actually developing some of that. I love that. Um, but it, it, so, so I, I, it, my perspective on that, and again, we haven't dove into it to really uh, suss it out, but 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 they're actually lighter mm-hmm. because I, I, you can to to expect somebody to like what went well because of you this week, right out of the gate. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> All right, well, we're good here. You know? <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Learn to say no to people that were in two and you know <laughs> prying a little too deep, right? Yeah, yeah but but so so. For me, I would turn it into something a little more fun. Like, like what what superpower have you been, uh, you know, um, using this week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's a, like, it, where, where's the most passionate you've been in the last week? Yeah. And that's why I always like to take those, like, see, 
and it, it's very tied to that, like, what are you grateful for and switching it around? Because what we want to ask is like, we want to ask determinate out there kind of questions being like, what are you passionate about? Mm. What is, what is your purpose in life? So like we're trying to define yeah. in that. And then, Oh, now I'm, com- I'm comfortable. And what am I supposed to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we, I call it like the dating phase, right? Like, well, I'm going to put on my best face and I'm passionate about this and I'm blah, blah, blah. And I just like, but, because it all sounds like everything we've read on Instagram or whatever, you know, yeah. it's like this regurgitation totally. of, you know, oh, I know, I know how to answer the purpose question while I walk into it, you know, it's just <laughs> garbage. But asking them about where they felt the most purposeful in the last yeah, week. Yeah, mm. so good. What's the most meaningful God thing damn. you've done this week? Mm. It's like, like you, t- you want to, you want to create a memorable experience in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About, don't ask them about what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Where they felt the most passion. Yeah. In the last week. That's good. And I do love the question, your, your go-to question of in the past week, like what has been successful because of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the question, right? Yeah. yeah, I love what that question. Went well what went well because of you? Um, mm-hmm. I think that question out of the gate is honestly a great uh, first date or a second date question because it really highlights the relationship that you have with yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, tell me about that. I'm, that I, I love that response. Well, it's, it's going to make me see if I'm actually comfortable sharing things that went well because of me. Mm-hmm. I think people that live under the pretense of false humility they're actually they see they're not comfortable sharing the parts of uh, their lives that went well, or the people that have a bad relationship with them, or a, I don't want to say bad, um, an unhealthy relationship with themselves won't go there. Also, I think to go there is going to require me to get present mm-hmm. and actually to be connected. And I think right off the bat, like even when you asked Kara that first question, or when we were talking about it at the beginning, I could feel. Uh, my new little measure of discomfort in me. Like, mm. oh, this is, I have to get centered for this. I have to be here. I have to be here. I have mm. to be present in my own body. Yeah. And you right. really can see if there's a, a, a dissociation from body. Yeah. And I think for me, I like, I, I would be, I would be kind of very aware of what is the psychological safety that I'm creating. Yeah. And one of the things, even with the, what went well because of you, I, I, I often, um, I often tell people and and recommend that like the first time you're going to ask this of your partner or somebody else, tell them what you're doing. Yeah. Like just, Hey, there was this nerdy guy on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> question and it sounded cool. Now this could, this could turn into garbage soup, but could we try this for five minutes? I'll ask you and I'm going to ask questions for five minutes and then, and then you do the same and just remove the expectation on it. It's good. Because what, what can happen is if I, if I come in hot, like with my own expectation of how I want them to respond, they're going to pick that up. And now all of a sudden they're defensive because I don't know where they've been. Yeah. Right? I don't know their experience. And so, Hey, is it okay? Again, that's the getting permission part. Like, I love that. Like, I, like, I like that. Or you can even, like, I like to ask some, some different questions. This might be weird or whatever, but like, can I, can I ask you this question and then maybe ask you a couple follow-up and yeah. you can say no whenever you want. Now I got That's permission good. to go. 
Yeah, I love the permission. Um, so Brian, powerful. this has been an absolute pleasure. We want to have. We'll, we'll definitely have you on again if you're if you're keen to that down the road. Yeah, this has been great. I, uh, um, I do have uh, three like rapid fire questions for you. Oh, wow. um, and so, like one sentence or one word or whatever. But in the last week or in the last month, because you're an adult, <laughs> in the last month, uh, what have you been most proud of? Um. Creating really good boundaries. Mm. Yeah. Not, good. not holding on to stuff that isn't mine to hold on to. Beautiful. Yeah. If you uh, could put anything on a billboard, what would it say? Um, it would be a question. It would be, what went well because of you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the third one is, if you can only gift one book to a person for the rest of your life, what would that book be? Oh, Man Search for Meaning. I, oh. I have three copies in my house, and I've, according to Amazon, I bought 50. <laughs> in my I house, if you haven't read Man Search for Meaning, no. you will not be, because we cannot be friends until you've read that book. Dude, I, I got out of the NFL, and long story short, I'm the most unconscious, the most least emotionally aware person you've ever met in your life. I'm a, I'm a fucking train wreck. And I say that with tender loving care towards myself. But I have this book, and I'm on my way to Israel. I had gotten invited to go over to Israel to basically be the co-captain of the first high school state championship in Tel Aviv. And so I'm flying over there and I am an emotional train wreck and I read this book, A Man's Search for Meaning. And I can honestly say that was probably the catalyst that Mm -hmm. sparked at least enough curiosity and questions Mm. to begin to do the work of really owning the space between stimulus and response. How can I center myself in that liminal space mm. that has wreaked havoc on my life day in yeah. and day out. And how do I yeah. own that space? And yeah. that has revolutionized my life. Yeah. I think that being in that space is where life happens. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's funny. I'm a keynote speaker and that's, I am working more towards working with corporate leaders and execs on how to own that space from mm-hmm. a conscious awareness. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Sounds like fantastic work. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you both for having me on and listening to me pump the room with hot air. For no, it's so good. Brian, um, thank yeah. you for the work that you're doing. Yeah, in the world. thank you. Honestly, I just want to honor it. I Absolutely. it's so special. It's so healing. Um, we'll link everything down be- down below in the show notes. But can you tell us uh, the easiest way to connect with you to find you to get to get um, our questions? Yeah, so to get questions, go to onemeaningfulquestion.com, and then you, there's a, you can get free downloads for teens, for, for um, partners, and, and for peers. The peer stuff isn't up yet. Uh, the partner stuff, you can get the questions. And then the validation, oh, meaningful validation for partners. I'll send it to you, too. Yes, please. Um, please. Each of them, they, they each have a little video behind them, but they're just very explicit, get you started, so you don't have to think too much about it. The meaningful validation is going to have a – when you see this situation, shut up and ask this question. It's not that, but it, <laughs> it kind of gets in it. And so you can try this out without, you know, jumping full on in the membership. Of course, membership members get all the, you know, the uh, resources for free and that's on peoplestrength.com. But uh, yeah, through either of those channels and or TikTok, because I apparently that's my place now. I love awesome. it. <laughs> Honestly, um, I know Kara just said it. I want to say it. Uh, thank you for showing up in the world. Thank you for leaning into your own story and doing your own work. Um, I can honestly, I know that it probably hasn't come without a cost. Um, okay. The cost has been probably big for you. And I just want to say honor, honor that. And thank you. Thank you sincerely. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you. Well, thank you both. This has been, it's been a great uh, Friday morning. <laughs> 
do nothing and drink coffee and it's been super productive so love it yes